Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. It's cold here. It it has all of a sudden gotten cold. Yes, I've still got the uh, the all seasons. You do too on the the cheap uh, sports cars. Still yes, all seasons. The all we seasons need to fix that because those are, are going to be winter cars. Yes. You know, I actually drove the Z4 <clears throat> in the extreme cold right after it snowed. Then this is that that fall thing in the mountains where it all of a sudden is really cold and it snows, and then it warms right back up to 60. We're right. going to be 60 for like, the next three weeks. Fall is great. It's nice and warm, and then super cold, yeah. snowing, and oh, yeah. So I, on Winter, purpose, took out right. the Z4 on uh, on some errands with the all-season tires. As you should have. Exactly. All-season tires and open have. differential. Just to just yes. to try that out. Now we need to get the winter tires on it because the open differential uh, all season is not a great combination. I watched a Camry slide through an intersection. All four tires locked up. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. That's sort of the the welcome to the weather change. Yes, exactly. Hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. Remember winter driving? Yeah, remember this? You see, I, I saw yeah. a pickup up here at the intersection. I saw a pickup off the road on Sunday, and that was fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm selling the SLK to anybody who will listen. I have them get in <laughs> and just row through the gears. Yeah. Just check out my yeah, manual. Yeah, yeah. It is awesome. It is very cool. It's mechanical linkage, and I can't wait to share the uh, <clears throat> license tag when it comes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have mine soon. on. We have uh, our piece coming up good. on fixing those cars, fixing the immediate stuff that was wrong before our big road trip. That piece is coming up in about a week. And then all the future stuff, because we're realizing both cars that we bought were bought in warm states, warm mm-hmm. climates, Arizona and Florida. Yeah. And here they are in Utah. And not used to the cold. And as I learned from the Phaeton, awesome. random things just decide when you have an extreme cold shift. They just decide, you know what? I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm done. Temperature does So that will happen it. for this sure. Yeah. The whole reason car manufacturers do hot weather testing. Uh-huh. And then they take those same cars and do cold weather testing. Yeah. And let's see what breaks. And then they have to re-engineer and figure it out. And then, and then they're no bought by somebody who is either in just Florida or just Canada. Yes. And it never sees the other temperature. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, so we do have the 2021 Sienna, the Toyota Sienna minivan. We do. You might have seen we my do. postings on Facebook yeah, and cool Instagram. Pictures. I think it's cool. And for all of you naysayers who are... Thinking it's ugly, let me give this to stick in your craw. When can I say nay? Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Fine, fine. I figured you'd not like it. But think of being a designer on the team mm-hmm. and tasked with making a box cool. Mm-hmm. You've got to meet more functionality than style, but yet it still needs to sell. And the reason we buy things is because they look cool. Or yes. they look cool to our eye. It's all subjective. I also think there was a designer on the team that who was like, I really wanted to be on the super, super thing. Maybe I could put super yes, stuff on the van. I finally learned what the styling detail, what Toyota calls the styling detail that is now throughout their lineup, mm. including the new Sienna. It is the canards. The vertical line that drops off the taillights, mm-hmm. same as on the Supra, the Camry, now the Sienna, the yeah. Avalon, yeah. canards. Just like the wingtips on your yeah. plane that you fly, the canards out of the wingtips. It's cool. And the front end was inspired by Japanese bullet trains. And I will say, if you have ever been to Japan and seen any of the Gundam figures or any of the anime or whatever it is, it is so much visual information. All the cars there are crazy. It makes the Sienna look sort of like... So you guys restrained yourselves, yeah, huh? Exactly. I can see Good job on holding back. If you're in Japan at the mothership, you're going, that passes for a car? (laughs) The Velfire minivans. Mm Mm-hmm. 
they're an S class inside, and the exterior is sort of like what? Yeah. How did there's they're an anime Chrome and they are yeah. It really is amazing. And so you look at those first, and then you come back to this, and you think. Oh, yeah, pretty restrained, pretty nice, pretty exquisite. And it was entirely designed in the U.S., the Ann mm. Arbor and the Newport Beach Calty facilities, both mm. of which I've been to. So cool facilities there. And, uh, yeah, built in Indiana. So it is – I like it. I like its aggressiveness on a box. It is aggressiveness on a box. It, it but it's the super design on the box. boring. And for that, I say it's a win alone, okay. not All to right. mention the features, but there is a test drive coming. We yes. are about to shoot that tomorrow. And, and, there, are, and there are features. This is not it's a cool. featureless I've van. I've never been excited about minivans. Yeah. I've never I, cared I'm still about not them. excited, but I am impressed. But so I, it's an interesting discussion. I'm excited yeah. because I look at this thinking, well, shoot, what if I were on the design team? And I was tasked with mm, making something mm-hmm. interesting and, A, keeping my job by making it look cool and it sells yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's well-designed and functions and it, mm-hmm. it's you know great to drive, all that kind of stuff. For a minivan – that's hard. That's yeah, a big I task. I take your point, yeah. So from that standpoint, I think the designers did really well. It's a minivan. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a minivan. It's a van. <laughs> there's, it's nothing a van. Mini, there's nothing mini about it. It's a good point. No, yeah. there's yeah, no yeah, mini. There's a you lot can of space. park cars inside this thing. Yeah, well, it's um, but it is that shipping container idea of storage where we've got a box. Let's make the box as efficient as possible. Look yeah. at the stuff we can do with a box. And let's be honest, driving a box, not interesting. But that's right. not the point. The point is, look what we can do storage-wise with a box. Right. Exactly right. And that is meeting the design brief. So if you think it's ugly, I challenge you, send me your sketches. Send me your ideas about Whoa. what you Whoa. think would be. Don't send me your I, sketches. I, uh, I am just going to back away from the email address if people are sending you sketches. I'm going to be like, another one for you, Paul. Roll. No. But I'm just saying it's a different thing when you're on the – other end having to make something people will buy it's really easy just like in anything it's easy mm-hmm. to yeah, criticize yeah. films and food and everything else and be like yeah this tastes like cardboard we How make a note we make cardboard? a we make a living criticizing actually do. Is what we do. but yeah i take your point but i i'm excited again because i think what if that were me mm-hmm. well that's successful and okay you did the canards on the mini and wow that's aggressive for a box yeah 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 ballsy let's do that <laughs> Keep it going. That was bold. Good job <laughs> on trying that idea. That's very funny. We've got we've got that happening. We've got so much other stuff happening. We are we are starting into our season of major shooting for season eight. So that is on its way right now. Major shooting. Major shooting. I'm staying with that. Yeah. Lots of post production going on. The test drives continue on our test drive videos YouTube channel. Thank you to all of you that have subscribed and are watching. Every week we are dropping a new standalone press car review. They are all going on that test drive videos channel. Our original channel is getting the older TV stuff and these cheap sports cars for the cheap sports car challenge. All of that stuff is happening a couple times a month. We got. Lot and that's just YouTube. Forget the fact that we're doing <laughs> new TV YouTube. stuff. Next is TV, and there's there's so much good stuff coming. Yeah. We we actually now have actually finally figured out what is our full uh, six episodes of season eight. Indeed. So now it's about actually just getting them shot in the can and then edited before Christmas. So no big deal. Uh, so that's all happening. So that's all uh, going on here. Plus on this podcast, uh, we are at. Uh, I have to bring this up. We're at number five forty nine. Yes, right. You may not remember this, but uh, we had to make some changes as we got to the 100 marks. At the 100 marks. <laughs> More content. 400, 500, et cetera. We've been doing live podcasts, live stream podcasts. We don't do right, that normally, right. but we do it there. At the 25 and the 75 mark, we do an all questions podcast. But at the 50, the next podcast is a 50. It'll be 550. It is all questions, no cars. 
And these Yikes. get nuts, and we Yikes. love it. So brace yourself for, for Friday's podcast, which will be all questions, no cars. This one will be a Topic Tuesday and a car debate and some somewhat normal car-related questions. But next time, it's a free-for-all. When your car needs new brakes, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance from something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are all bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking, no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes, including pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need brakes or you simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. We even found great kits for our SUVs and our cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. All right, here we go. Matt K. wrote to us this topic Tuesday that was hard to resist, Matt. I, I thought it was great, actually. He says, first off, I'm sure this will be an unpopular opinion, but he's got a discussion. Hmm. This is coming off a test drive of the Civic SI and the Type R back-to-back, which mm, is okay. what we love. And I must compliment you, Matt. Yes, because bravo on that. the thing that we do is the back-to-back. We jump out of the seat of that car mm-hmm. and jump into the next. And it mm-hmm. instantly informs your opinions and your commentary. Absolutely, yep. That's why we put the comparisons together. We see so many written articles mm-hmm. about, well, I drove that six months ago, and here's the new one. Yeah, Where's yeah, the yeah. old one next to it? <laughs> Couldn't you pull that car? Which sometimes the answer is no, because it's difficult. But still, right. we want that to happen. Yeah, Right. Matt says that he feels by making cars better, they're becoming worse. Mm. He says the Type R is outstanding, but he think he preferred the driving experience of the SI. He says the Type R was so good, I think I was a bit irrelevant to the equation. <laughs> When he asked for more power from the Type R, it was there. When he turned the wheel, it went where he pointed it. When he downshifted, the engine revved and gave him a smooth gear change. The SI, he says, on the other hand, he had to work a little harder. When he asked for more power from the SI, it said, hold on, you need to downshift for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more power. You need to do something about it. In hard turns, he felt like it was asking him, are you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he had to be more aware of the car's limitations. But then once he found them, Ideally, while you're still on the road. <laughs> Ideally, you didn't find them in the ditch. I right. agree with that, yes. Well, I found the edge. That's <laughs> that, the, the good edge, news. The edge was back there. You could see <laughs> the tire marks that led to the edge. He says once he did found them, find them, it was a hoot. So he thinks as he gains more car experience, he finds that he prefers cars that are a little less than perfect mm. and requires more learning on mm. his part. Congratulations, Matt. You've graduated now. You are fully fledged, and you now understand why most automotive journalists gravitate towards Mercedes turbo diesel wagons. <laughs> you think this is the reason? <laughs> if I could just get that in brown and slower, please, yes. I would like it. I'm telling you. So he's uh, you know, looking back at some of his favorite cars that he's owned, and he says they all had flaws that he had to work around. Mm-hmm. He had an EP3 Civic Si. I believe that was the early 2000s, 02 to 05 is okay. what I believe that was built. He said this was understeered like crazy. Didn't rev as high as the other VTEC motors, mm. but it felt so light and lively that he, it didn't bother him. Mm-hmm. He knew there were better generations of the Si, but that didn't matter much to him. His Focus ST had crazy torque steer. Power peaked at around 5,500 RPM, but he couldn't just help push it. Yeah, He could have gone with an RS and eliminated all of those problems. But it was just too much of a race car 
to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And then his 98 GLX VR6 had a pretty vague gearbox and clutch, but it was great to <laughs> thrash. <think? laughs> okay. So I'm sure the GTI was better, but there's just something about driving a sedan instead of a hot hatch that he just said it put a smirk in his face. So what are some other cars that we feel are in the shadow of better cars, mm. but you just like them more, but because they require more involvement on your part, the driver. Mm. Many. I'm going to start off with the one we discovered early in the show. Okay. And we got a lot of hate for. We got a lot of misunderstanding. It was a car that everybody knew was the best car. I know where you're going. Yeah. It is the Nissan GTR. Mm-hmm. No slight to this car. It is astounding. Mm-hmm. Todd got back from a drive after taking a friend and saying, I just did a corner at 100. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, I'm not sure the car needed me along. Agreed. Agreed. And then I drove it, and it clunked and thrashed. This was the 09 car, by the yes. way. It was a red 09. It was press car from Nissan, and they were new, and everybody knew everything about them yeah. and how fast they were on the ring. And for 80 grand, they would thrash every Porsche they ever were the made. Thing ever. And yes. Bugattis were terrible, and they sucked in comparison to the mm-hmm. Nissan GTR. <laughs> but, but hang on. Okay. This, the GTR in that era, 09, is the same thing as people drag racing Teslas against everything now. The GTR was... Driven out and into a drag race against everything, yeah, and by and yeah. large beat everything. And I and look, I'm not even talking after the tuners got a hold of it. I'm just saying they just kept putting things right. against the GTR and the GTR winning so much so that Porsche quickly came out with a updated version of the Turbo 911 so it could beat the GTR. It was totally. beating. Everyone and keep then going. The, the Camaro got really good. The Corvette got really good. The Viper ACR started really yes. going fast on the ring. Lamborghini stepped up. Mm-hmm. That car pushed every other car manufacturer, it just did. like Tesla did. is yeah. pushing every car manufacturer, Absolutely. kicking them right in the <laughs> Absolutely, yep. and pushing them to go reconsider their product mm-hmm. line, especially Volkswagen, who can't pronounce diesel anymore. Uh, diesel? What? Which? I'm sure, I don't know what that word I'm sure is. it's all about electric, yeah. I'm going to tiptoe out onto some very thin ice. Uh-oh. It has to do with people. We've all met that beautiful girl and that really handsome guy that are amazing to look at. And then you talk to them and you start to get to know them a little bit. And you're like, I, I don't want to be around you. <laughs> There's not much here. There's yeah. either your personality or the, you know, the way you think and talk is mm-hmm. just. You're just not attractive anymore. Mm, the exterior is nice and all, but then there's the people that are decent looking or maybe okay looking, but man, mm-hmm. just putting off a sexy vibe or just warmth, compelling, just yeah, warm yeah, yeah. people or the yeah, way yeah. they light up when they see you mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. smile is just sort of like, I just want to be around you. Yeah. You're yeah, awesome. Yeah. You, you pull better out of me. That's good. That's that really is, good. I just want to be around you. Yeah. Many times that's the person we marry or date. Mm-hmm. It might not be this super hot, whatever, because again, there's, you know, sheet metals only skin deep, right? Or sheet metals only. There's more <laughs> Stop. Sheet metal than, I, I, I follow you. I follow you. Know just, what I mean. just eject out of there. But, but the I get point it, yeah. is we see these cars mm-hmm. and it is specifically supercars. Mm-hmm. I want a McLaren 570S. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to afford a used 570S and okay. have the next car, mid-engine McLaren, goodness, lightweight, Powerful, cool looking, but it's not a manual. Mm -hmm. It'll do everything superbly, stupendously well. That's just the 570. That's just the regular (laughs) old janky 570. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want to drive a 720? Sure. Mm -hmm. Do I want to drive a Senna? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not like burning within me. It's not mm-hmm. like we see these cars and we think, oh, the internet would tell us. Instagram would say, well, if you haven't gotten one of these by now before you're 30, well, you know, welcome to a lifetime of boredom. And if you're 12 and looking at a guy who is 30 and has one, clearly that's just a life choice. You can just have one. That's also how it works out. I'm also going to tiptoe onto thin Porsche ice because every car show I go to, there's a line of GT3s. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want a 911? Yes, I do. Do I want a GT3? They're awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I see a line of them. I'm sort of like, not really interested in going over there and looking at them. Awesome. I want one. I really like Caymans. Yeah. I really do. Those are the lesser car. And I'm looked down upon because I don't have a GT3. Oh, yeah. you haven't quite graduated G3, GT3 RS or, huh, I've got a GT2 RS. You're, you're not as good of a human being. That happens sometimes. But I have a Cayman. No, mm. it's an awesome car. A base Cayman. Superb. It's down on power even to my car, and mm-hmm. they're superb to drive. And the manual base Cayman owner should be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Thrilled. Well, but what you're speaking to, and, and back to the GTR for a second, the, the big thing, and we've driven it multiple times since then. We have a versions of the GTR that we drove against the Evo, which is an interesting conversation. Yeah. We've driven the it GTR. better and faster, oh, inexplicably. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But more we, expensive. We drove the GTR again a few years later at the ring. I mean, we've driven it a lot. Yeah. And the reason that I come back to it is because of Matt's comment about not feeling necessary. I have never felt less necessary <laughs> for going fast than I do in the GTR. Your butt is just turning the airbag and on in the car. Exactly. There's somebody to, sitting there. And, and the initial designer made a comment where he – and look, this is a crazy idea that they've mostly accomplished. The idea behind the GTR was that a race driver and your grandmother who doesn't know the race line – can put down similar lap times because the GTR is so good. That was the idea. That was the the goal they were going for. Who asked that question? I don't know. And and, and what and from why? the automotive community around the world said? You know what we need as humans mm-hmm. is a car that does that. My grandmother needs to put down you know lap times within a second of me. But I think. But I think Who this is the that? convergence of safety and everything needs to be easy to accommodate you as a driver and the constant march forward of performance. And you marry those and you wind up at the GTR, which is wildly capable, but but probably the most isolating driving experience I've ever had as far as I'm not necessary Mm -hmm. to go fast and be amazing. And you put a great driver in a GTR and your jaw dropped, but honestly you drive the car hard yourself and your jaw dropped. Yeah. So yeah. this is back to Matt's comment, and that is I, I do think there are quite a few cars out there because I think it's broader than we realize. Performance has become so available, and trash control systems have become so good that tons of cars don't need us to be impressive. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. only think, Matt, this is my, my switch here. I only think it's those of us that have liked cars that weren't good and drove them at the edges of themselves that ever feel like, wait a minute, I'm missing something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, and this comes back to the thing you and I were talking about, about the SSC a couple podcasts ago. We were talking about the SSC and we were uh, talking about the fact that, Tatar, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, unbelievable, interesting, fascinating that they did it, but I'm not really lusting after it because I want something I can use. Matt's in the same right, camp here. Right. The, the, the lesser stuff you awesome, often can use. And I know, I know, I'm sorry. You can mute the podcast for the next 15 seconds if you want. Or just hit the <laughs> skip button. I understand. This is the reason I talk about the 86. 
a flawed car. Indeed. Indeed. But it is a fun car to drive, and it is a fun car to drive at the edges of itself. And you look down and you realize, I'm near the speed limit. <laughs> if, if you drive, I'm not at the speed limit. If, if, I'm but, almost but I'm like near there. the speed limit. I can, get, I can get one of those tickets where the officer might be like, you know what? Just slow down a bit. Okay, Just that's not happening in the keep GTR. It down there, the GTR, you blew tiger. doors off when you went by, and so so yeah. is the case with so many of these yeah. supercars. I think when you buy at the upper level now, you're not you're no longer buying something to use. That sounds insane, but you're not really buying it most of the time to use. And I think what Matt's struggling with is wanting to use all that a car has available, and even something like the Civic Type R is hard for a normal person with a normal life to ever find the edge. There is a part of me, Matt that loves speed and power, and I need that. Uh, I've seen that. I I need the adrenaline to ramp up inside of me because I'm going so much faster. I'm talking about track driving here. Mm -hmm. I want the car to pull more driving skill, which means at the limit, beyond limit, what, what is the... You know, I'm I'm going faster than I ever have, and can I control the car? And that, to me, is I'm working on my driving skills. Mm-hmm. I, I do love that, and I do love the 992-911 because it's so much faster and more powerful and capable, and I do want to go experience that. But then why are 356 Porsches so popular and attractive and so expensive? And that's Crazy the car that expensive. everybody wants. It has 90 horsepower, mm-hmm. zero safety... Do you all know, do you remember our conversation from when we we went on our pilgrimage last year Mm -hmm. and we stopped at the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart and one of the first safety features on the 356 (laughs) was the Medal of St. Christopher. Yes. This is the reason the magazine from Porsche is called Christophorus, Mm -hmm. celebrating the St. Christopher Medal riveted to the dash as a, well, I hope St. Christopher can protect you in the event of an accident because nothing else on the car will. Some sharp metal might pierce you. That was your Sorry. safety measure, was having a St. Christopher medal, yeah. which is crazy to think about. I didn't know that until yeah. we went on that tour. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, okay, that was an early safety feature. Yeah. <laughs> feature, guided, but It's a safety feature. We'll go with that. <laughs> can we put it on the Monroney? St. <laughs> Christopher medal. Safety. I, oh, a, now, a, Under safety. Is... There's like a separate bar. Anyway, go on. A, a new Camry. A new Hyundai Sonata will smoke a 356 oh, yeah. in every conceivable oh, category. Yes. Pick a drag racer, or some matter. sort of comparison test. It'll wipe the floor with a 356. I don't care. I want a 356. It's manual, drum brakes, no safety features. The crash structure is pretty poor. <laughs> <laughs> it will crash. I'm not sure there's much structure left, but it's yes. It's just really attractive. Why do I want that? Because of the simplicity, because of the character, because of the flaws, equal character. And I just, I want to experience that. I'm not saying I want to slow down in my driving, but I want to experience cars that are that way. But then on track, I want to experience cars that are mind blowing yeah. and pull that. Wow. Am I in control here or is the car in control? Who is, who is it? Am I getting better in my driving skills so I feel like I've got some mastery going because as soon as you do you've got that sense of accomplishment you come away from a track day with a sense of accomplishment I've I figured that car out in that corner and I can do it repeatedly it wasn't a one-off I didn't just hit a hole in one Mm -hmm. I'm mixing my metaphors but you know what I mean but I'm with you no I, I think that's the key thing that Matt's talking about and you're talking about it as well I think we as humans when we have something we enjoy we want to have stuff to do in that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if if whatever your sport is of choice you want to be good at it because there's stuff for you to do yeah 
If, if you can do it without making any effort, you get bored of it. <laughs> you just that, now look. I understand. We all like to sit and do nothing. There's a lot of doing nothing going on in culture, and 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 people <laughs> that make products that allow us to do more nothing make a lot of money. Because there's, we like there's products and apps dedicated solely to the pursuit of doing nothing. We so like to do nothing. It is a it is a national worldwide pastime. I want to do nothing. I just want to sit. However, however, everyone listening, you have a thing that you like to be very involved in. Yeah, yeah. It, you could be an OCD organizational thing. I mean, literally, it could be. Something that feels yeah. not the least athletic, or it could be I am a marathoner, or I do Ironman. I don't care what it is. I'm going to go with steeplechase. Perfect. You have something that you make genuine effort at, and it's the effort that you find rewarding and keeps you coming back. Yes, yes. Matt likes to drive, and he's getting into things that don't require effort, and he goes, I don't like this. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of you listening, and it's yeah. definitely you and I, Paul. This yeah. is the reason I will pick a Lotus every single time over something like a GTR. And I will get passed multiple times. Sure, sure. And I'm okay with it. Sure, yeah. Because I know that the guy in the GTR, look, he's a different kind of driver. He's having fun. Clearly, he's out on track as well. But he mostly just kind of aimed and put his foot down. Yeah. And I am, yeah. I am, I am busy in the cabin. I am busy trying to get stuff out of that car. And I'm right. cackling about it, and I get out, and I'm sweaty, and I'm exhausted, and give me, uh, give me a bottle of water in 10 minutes, I'm ready to go again. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Look, part of me says, Matt, it cannot have such little power as to make me lose interest. But then I think, I want a, I want a Carmen Ghia, I want a 356, I want those cars that are just, I want the 914 that we drove from Griot's garage. I want... What's it? Wasn't really lacking in power, though. Want it? Well, you it are wasn't. more of a power guy than me, but I, but I do hear you. I do hear but you. Relatively speaking, yeah, it had yeah, like yeah. two hundred horsepower. Yeah, in a little tiny nine fourteen that weighs mm-hmm. nothing, it's like a rocket ship. Yes, it was but practically still, rocket propelled. Two hundred horsepower, yeah. two twenty or whatever it was, got the three point two Carrera engine in it, or actually it had the nine thirty engine in it. Delightful. Yeah, it was, I want that car. It was I, angry. I don't want one like that car. <laughs> I know. I know I want that one. <laughs> That's the hard part. Because that so, car is owned by Richard Griot and it it's not coming our way anytime it, it's soon. It's a lovely car. Yes. Anyway, I I love stuff like that. But then I love my Cayman, even mm-hmm. though 340 horsepower, a Nissan GTR, most modern yes. hot cars will smoke that Cayman. You you just dis- you it. destroy me whenever you have the chance on the track because you have so much power than me, and there is a whole level beyond that Cayman that is just yeah. hunting down. However, when you and I have driven the Ring and Spa, which is a sentence I can't believe I get to say, but it's true. When you and I have driven the Ring and Spa, yeah. the last time we were there, we drove Cayman GTSs yeah. on Spa. And besides, That was a drug. Besides that being a remarkably good day, besides that reality, the thing <laughs> that I found notable. The thing I found fascinating was, just like the Lotus with other things, is here are all these GT3s. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, GT3 RSs. Yeah. That apparently, when it's Tuesday in Belgium or Germany, you bring your GT3. The dispenser is is playing somewhere. It's nearby. And people show yes. up at Spa with their GT3. So it's like five GT3s and then you and I in a, in a Cayman GTS. And what I found fascinating was the big Kimmel Strait mm-hmm. comes up out of Eau Rouge. Yeah. The big Kimmel Strait is slightly uphill. You can carry a lot of speed through there. The GT3s always came hunting. They always passed us. But what I found fascinating is there's a series of multiple corners after that, and they can't figure out why I'm stuck to their bumper. Mm-hmm. And it's – look, you and I can drive 
decently well. Decently well. I'm so. not saying these GT3 drivers were professional race drivers because they aren't, but they're clearly guys that have GT3s and go to track days. Right, right. Shouldn't you be able to lose the Cayman? Yeah. You should. Yeah. But now we're into cornering. There, There's... It's so – I'm sorry. I'm off almost in the weeds here, Matt. But the thing you're, you're responding to is there is a drug. I love that term. There is a drug involved with being vital in the thing you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if you separate how vital you are to that thing, I think you quickly become bored. Inject the GT2RS directly into me. Just figure out how to liquefy that car and inject it straight in because I found the handling to be unlike – Every other 911 I've driven, I could not believe how good the handling was on that car Brilliant. and still retained the level of power and how controllable. You think 700 horsepower? What are you going to do with that? We've driven 700 horsepower stuff that felt like it was trying to kill you yeah. and that car did not. And it was amazing. And I, yes, I want that level, but I, there's a part of me that also just wants the, I just have to extract what I mm-hmm. want because at low speeds, it still won't give it to you. You got to, yeah, above 40. Okay. Then we're starting to, Get some, and then the feeling comes, and then you're going, wow, between 50 and 70, it's like amazing. <laughs> well, or something. 100 and 170. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the problem with these big boys, though, is the scale of speed that you have to accomplish to really start to feel like, oh, now I'm doing something is multiples of the general speed limits, which is something I want. I do want that. Yes, and then you have to figure out where am I going to go to do this. But yeah. Tracks, but, you know, I, I, I'm back and forth, but I definitely hear you. I, hmm. That definitely affects our car buying decisions, mm-hmm. and that's why we put together episodes like the middles mm-hmm. because they're very valid, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you start to consider price. But what fun is to be had? That's why we're always looking from a 2021 Sienna minivan. The XSE actually has a different suspension than the rest of them. Dun, dun, dun. They, well, but pretty interesting. Matt, you found something interesting here, and that is find the performance car of the lineup. What's the one just under that of the same car? Because generally, not always, generally, that's pretty good Mm -hmm. as a Mm -hmm. huge cost savings. And you still end up with a car that's genuinely fun to drive. It doesn't do all the big stuff. This has been your your buy experience, Matt. You've bought the one just under and enjoyed it because you can use it all. I have an idea for all of you. I think maybe I've said this before. Maybe I haven't. But you know how we all say, well, they don't build them like they used to, and I like the old and better, and so you always that go That does happen, yes. Old cars will always be in existence. I've thought about this, and I think, okay, to go find all those old ones and remanufacture them to get them up to current safety specs, mm-hmm. you will still have to do crash testing and put airbags in them and that kind yes, of thing. But yes. when I thought of this idea, I didn't think of all the actual ramifications. So throw that out. <laughs> you were dreaming. I understand. I was. Let's go. Let's but go. the old ones, the old cars, and revitalizing them, manufacturers turning around and looking at the special ones in their past and going, like Nissan did with the 280Z and the 240. Mm. And they remanufactured a few. Now, they were really expensive and out of the realm of most of us mortals. Sadly, yes. But they started to do that, and everybody went, you're doing what now? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And you're rebuilding them and... Well, sure, the design is still great looking and modernize that and even going so far as to electrify those drivetrains. And we've got the old style, which is so approachable and wonderful. And we love that with new mechanicals and new Mm. stuff. And it drives well, but you don't have to drop a huge V8. Doesn't have to be a big block V8 in it. You don't have to go that far. (laughs) The electric motors can just, they can be detuned. I still keep those old cars around. And that's why we still love the old cars. That's why everybody will still discover old cars and go 
backwards. There's something to master there. Yeah, there is. And as performance gets more and more toward, well, just hit that pedal. You'll be fine. There's nothing to master. You just got to strap in. When you want to spend some time washing your car, but you're short on time, Grios has two new ideas for fast and easy washing in your garage or driveway without rinsing. Try the rinseless wash and wax kit or the waterless PFM spray on car wash kit from Grios Garage. They're both great if the weather's gotten colder outside or you're an apartment dweller and you live in an area where hose and bucket washing is restricted or inconvenient. You'll get a perfect wash, indoors or outdoors, in a quarter of the time it takes to wash a car normally. These kits are the no-hassle way to keep your car looking really sharp. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, remember to use the code every day for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Car debate is also from Matt. Matt is writing to us from Vancouver Island, Canada, and he um, his subtitle here is that friends are getting worried. He has he has the car disease so bad, and he trades cars so often that he's actually concerning those that love him. <laughs> wow! All right, Matt. He's got a forty five thousand dollar Canadian budget. He can go to sixty, but he'd rather save fifteen for another bike come spring. Okay, I see where we're going. All right, yep. Matt is thirty six years of age. He's owned many many cars. Everything but, from his first nineteen seventy eight Olds Cutlass Saloon that he did put a four fifty four big block in. Sure, why not? He delivered pizza for Little Caesars. He says many tires were destroyed. <laughs> delivered pizza quickly. <laughs> quickly. This pizza smells like asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, ma'am. I'm sure that's just a feature. Of but the look at how flavor. fast I got here. And, and he gave us this list of cars, and the range is staggering. He said all the way to 2018 Focus RS. He says his back still hurts. He worked for Mercedes for eight years and is trained in aircraft structures, welding, and hospitality management. Mm. But he wow, runs a finance okay. department now. Uh, all right. He has a beauty supply store and a yes. chainsaw repair shop in the back. Yes, and, and, and occasionally he makes cupcakes. There's a lot going on here, yeah. He just likes that he can challenge himself to make more money and set goals for his earnings, which is okay. awesome. All right. He's in the warm part of Canada on Vancouver Island where he sees, you know, snow is usually melted within a few days. He likes to hike and explore, and he does have a 2020 F-350. He's converted wow. it into his adventure vehicle. So his daily doesn't have to play double duty. That's like an apocalypse vehicle. The 2020 F-350 converted into an adventure vehicle. I mean, that's practically a house to live in. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Well, he says he listened to the podcast on his days, on his way way to work, and that's about 150 kilometers per day. And he thinks maybe Todd and Paul can fix him. (laughs) By the way, uh, Matt, depending on who you ask – We've we've made many people worse. I, I, I mean, this could be fi- the fix we made is, you worse. Fix is relative. I mean, it might be the kind of thing we talk about this, and your friends are like, "Man, you're not going the right way." But we're going to work on it. Here's the dilemma: He's got a 2019 Volkswagen Golf R that he enjoys driving, but finds boring. Hmm. He says it's quick, but it has no soul. We were just there just a minute ago. Okay, keep going. It's got a decent interior, and being six foot five inches tall actually fits and can shift gears yes it's a manual okay he rotates cars quickly as he has yet to find that keeps him engaged more than a few minutes months minutes (laughs) months that is kind of how it reads you're right yes Mm -hmm. as you can imagine working for mercedes he's driven all of their vehicles and by far that e63 wagon Mm. mm -hmm, see back back to the wagon mercedes wagons (laughs) telling you 
Well, it all, or, or the GTS are his favorite. I mean, those are two different. But we yeah, drove like both that. of those in the same weekend. And what was hysterical is the GT, uh, the GTS and the E63 wagon, we kept hopping back and forth and going, no, I like this one better. No, I like that one better. They, and the they wagon has more power. more different. Yes. So they couldn't awesome. be more different. So it's funny that those are the two that you really like the most. Yeah. He says, I do not fancy myself a Mercedes owner. He's more of a ripped jeans and campfire kind of a guy. In his F-350 adventure. Right. Yeah. Mercedes has that new E-Class wagon that's the off-road adventure. No, that's not like the F-350 thing. It's not. All right. Well, he says he's driven but never got thinking. He wants to own stuff like that. He says, you know, Porsches, Ferraris, Lambos, R8s, GTRs, Acura NSX. He says, I believe he's driven all of these cars. He says he's he's at least been around and been in them. Yes. Yeah. It's the impression we get. Yeah. Wow. So the requirements here are that he wants to fall in love with his car and treat it like one of his older classic cars, but be modern. Okay. And up at the top of the list is this make it, you know, make him turn and look at it as he walks away. We love that. That's that's awesome. He loves great styling, but no beaver teeth. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Noted. Mm-hmm. Must be fun and engaging. Can handle two to three weeks of just rain. He says they don't get the snow, but it can rain one to two inches in a day. Yeah. Can't get too loud because he's currently friendly with his neighbors. It's up early. His neighbors <laughs> like him at the moment. Well, you know, they do make Mustangs with that neighbor mode, you know. Neighbor mode. Yeah, they do have that. Why the, the hasn't quiet Ford mode. thought of this? They do have quiet mode. Yeah, they do. It just it needs to be called neighbor. I like my be, neighbors. Yeah. My neighbors like me. All yeah. in one button. There you go. We've like got to print an ac- the acronym for that so it's something like GOAT. Anyway, right. yeah. All that speed isn't important. The feeling of quick is important, though. Okay. All Four right. seats are a plus. It's usually just he and his girlfriend. He's got the truck. And he's thinking Corvettes, but the only Chevys that he's owned are an Optra, which is a, <laughs> believe, a, a variant of the Daiwoo. It is, made yes. In, in Korea, he says. It's, it's one of the, I think it's the original. Chevy Optra. I think it's the uh, reasonably priced car, the original one from Top Gear. I think That's it's that car. That's right. I think you're right. I think it's that same one. Anyway, it's, it, this is not a pinnacle of Chevy creation. Let's just put it there, okay? Olds Cutlass with a motorhome big block in it. And a list of cars, including man, a Volkswagen oh Beetle from 1958. He's had a variety of cars. Currently got the Volkswagen R manual. What do we think for Matt? Uh, first off, Matt, uh, here's my intervention moment. If you keep swapping cars every six months for the rest of your life, so? <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, okay. This does not fix Matt, and it, all of his it, friends it are going. It doesn't. You're fix, not helping. It doesn't fix you, Matt. But but we're your people. We're we're all we're all Absolutely. one happy family here. I mean yes, this yes. this is what happens. I mean everyone you know has a thing that they do that with. Didn't you just buy sneakers? We all we all have that friend. Didn't you just like? Didn't you just buy sneakers? I thought you already owned a coach handbag. Absolutely. Yeah. We all know those people, and yeah. and because because we are all those people. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. All right. So whatever your friends are, they have a thing where it's like, wait a minute, hang on, hang on. You just bought golf clubs. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yes. It happens like crazy for you. It's like backpacks. Pra- yes, I have. I have. Stopped. Don't you already have a backpack? I have many. But no, this backpack see is for. Tuesdays. This is for, this is for this specific like thing. Sixty degrees out. Yes, and it's not that warm because it doesn't have the insulation. I, yeah, it, I, I'm almost that bad. I've stopped, but it, uh, yeah, I had that problem. I think it's so, jackets for me. So, so I just like is, jackets. This is the thing, Matt. We all have that thing that we don't need to swap it, but we do. Sunglasses. I have a lot of sunglasses. So my point here is, if you keep swapping cars, that's okay. If, if you're if you're able and willing to take the hassle and the financial hit of selling another one, getting another one, paying the insurance and the registration and the off I go again, 
that's okay. Of the things you could swap out like that, you're not swapping out your girlfriend every six months. That would be far more traumatic, by the way. That's uh, a different podcast. That's a very different podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with many, many landmines and rakes. Um, so yeah. if you keep swapping cars, that's okay. But what I notice when I look through your list is with the exception of I, I did see a Mustang on there a while back. And yeah, your Cutlass was old and rear-wheel drive. But where's the little rear-wheel drive stuff? It hasn't been on here. No, he said the little front-wheel drive. He had a Fiat 500 apart. Little front-wheel drive. But where's the little little rear-wheel drive? Where's Now, here's why not. I was going to say, where's the Miata? But the problem is you're six foot five, which means the Miata is not going to work. But what you need is lightweight rear wheel drive because that's the thing you haven't had yet and you like involvement. So I'm going to say, I've got a few, but one of the ones I'm going to say, because you mentioned in passing Corvette, Mm -hmm. I have the Corvette you need. Okay. You need to get a C6. That's the sixth generation Z06 with the seven liter. You've had nothing like this car. Crazy amounts of speed are accomplished. Manual transmission. And the guy who loaned us one for our American original Corvette film was, I think, 6'7". That's right. He was Sam. He was huge. Sam was really big. That's right. He was 6'7 six, six, or 6'8". He was, he was at least 6'7". He was way up there. Yeah. Because you and I are not small people, and Sam dwarfed us. Yes, okay? he did. He did. And that was one of the jokes, is that Sam <laughs> Sam is a great guy. And one of the things he does is he will actually go around to cars and coffee and make jokes. The owner would be like, can I just see if I can get in your car? People are like, I don't want my car squished. And, and, and we talked about it with my Lotus, and he was like, I'm not even going to try because it's not going to happen. But, but he likes to get into people's cars and take photos of him crammed in their car. But what was great about it is this C6 Z06, he bought it, he fitted it perfectly, and he drove it like crazy. And they are great cars. I mean, the seat was all the way back in his car. Todd and I'd get in and be like, I never had to put the seat forward. That never happens. We never get into cars like, we should pull this seat up. But that one had to come way up. So I think that's a one that really works for you. I have a few others, but I just thought, if you're going to look in Corvette, that's your answer. That is good. I was also going to suggest the Mazda MX-5 RF. But again, you're six foot five. Six foot five, yes. That is out. Matt, I think you need something old enough to keep your interest. And that's why I said in the previous segment, you need to start looking back. Because as new cars come at us, they'll be better, more, awesomer, Mm -hmm. great. Okay, is it going to keep my interest? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I hope car manufacturers, I hope designers put those passion projects in front of us. Super is a great example. Yeah. Never going to sell 50,000 of them in a year. Nope. nope. I think they sold 50,000 Camrys since I started the conversation. Possibly. Since, certainly since we started this podcast. Yeah. So I, I want you to consider something a little bit older. You've got the 2020 F350. Yeah. Things just going to run. Yeah. But I also want you to have something new enough that can be counted on, that can be driven regularly. It's useful. It's still rare-ish, and it won't become a project car intermittently. Mm-hmm. And also something that breaks the cycle. Because you can always do this. You can always go get the new car and whatever that is. Yeah. Which I think is exciting. Not all of us can do that. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to break the cycle, I think there's only one car that will. Okay. It's a Morgan three-wheeler. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. And then we're going to get a Vanderhall. And then we're going to get a BAC model. We're just going to buy stuff that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I think you need to consider the cars we've identified as moment-in-time cars. Okay. And it is specifically the 2011 BMW 1M. Oh, interesting. Okay. He can fit in that car. Yeah, he could. 
It is. Yeah, that's good. That's good, it, good. Matt has only built one model year. They're around, and I'm spending a little bit more of your budget. I'm dipping into your bike fund. Yeah. But this yeah. is what Paul is for. This is what Paul does, yes. I think a 1M, based on your requirements, will be entirely reasonable and logical. And there's no beaver teeth, like you said. This is true. It does not. It's not plagued by that issue. Yeah. You will look back at this thing because you won't see them everywhere. Yeah. And you'll yeah, park yeah. and you'll think, look at those hips. <laughs> look at those fender flares. Look, look at it. It's got, a, it's right got like there. a bulldog front end. Yeah. Look at that thing. That's that's mine. Get it in orange. Get it in the lava orange. Yeah. yeah. That's that's me right there. Manual. Turbo, fast. It's not the fastest thing ever, but boy, does it handle well. Yeah, it's great. Boy, is it fun to drive. It'll fit you. It's still a rear car. It's old enough to be interesting. It's new enough to be reliable. Mm. I think there's one. Interesting. And you're not okay. going to lose a whole lot of money. When you do get bored of it, and you might. That's a good point. You can just sell it. You could just sell it, and you're not going to lose a whole bunch of money because a it's point. a moment-in-time car. Yeah. And the next person yeah. – who has this affliction will be looking for a 1M <laughs> will and be. you'll happily sell it to them for the same price you Hopefully they've for. listened to this exact podcast episode and be like, Matt, exactly. I'm getting your car. Can I buy your car for you? That's awesome. But there could be the, the thing where you think, I love it. Maybe I'll just add in the future, but this one stays. That could be cool. That could, could be cool. break the cycle. Okay, it won't break the cycle, it's but it'll slow it down. Yeah, it, it, maybe you'll have this car for six months instead of three. We'll throw yeah. it an anchor at least. <laughs> We've slowed the process. Something. I have three others I want to bring up that I want you to just have on your personal list if you do keep changing cars. Okay. Be sure you drive, give a real serious drive to a first-gen Cayman S with a manual. Delicious. Also, if you want an alt to the Corvette thinking, okay. Jaguar F-Type, find a manual one of those. Also nutritious. Those are unique. Yes. And then trying to think about something very current, not a manual, but you're not going to see very many. And they're just, honestly, they're good in base form. They're great in the quadrifolio form, the Alfa Romeo Giulia. Oh, so good. I, I, I think that That's is a so car. Good. That is a car, honestly, that every time I see one parked, and I can't say this about most cars, every time I see one parked that's a base model or the big boy, they all turn my head. Yeah. Because they just look unique. Yeah, they do. Slinking through traffic, sitting in the parking lot, it doesn't look like everything else. It's true. And yeah. fantastic handling for a sedan. You, you're a guy with sedans for in your history. any car. Yes. Not but just a you're sedan. Right. Any car. But you're a guy with sedans in your history. You're going to drive this and be like, how is this a sedan? Mm-hmm. It handles really well. <laughs> how now, is this a sedan? Now it's not because it has four doors. <laughs> now it's not exactly. a manual transmission, which is a bummer. But uh, you at least need to drive those guys. I do like your 1M thought, which made me ponder. The problem is we're getting more into project cars. Spend his bike fund. But it made Spend me the bike ponder, fund. get yourself a first-gen M3. The e oh, not fast. Not fast. That's an even better version but of what I'm you, suggesting. But the, 1Ms, the 1M is something that I think he could just buy, drive. When he's done, get rid of. Yeah. The E30 may wind up in a world of, oh, it needs this. Which may be a problem here. As long as you drive it, it doesn't sit, and it has to be... Yeah, see, that's the, the balance the, between be, it becoming a project car mm-hmm, and it's sitting that's hard. versus I can just start it up and go to yeah. wherever. Yeah, so the thing yeah. about the E30, it's a little less usable. I like the 1M. Uh, that's one of my very favorite cars. I like the 1M a lot. But the thing about the E30 is I feel like when I drove that E30 M3 for the first time, I was just besieged with the oh, momentum car. 
Yeah, yeah. Because totally. it's not powerful. Totally. But you start getting it screaming, you start getting it moving, and it has this weight shift and this body movement, and you're like, oh, I oh, I can drive this, and I yeah. can enjoy it. So I think you fit in that car, too. That's another oddball. Please let us know what you get. And if you've got your own Topic Tuesday or car debate or car conclusion, please write to us. I think you know where to write by now. But I'm going to tell you anyway, TV at gmail.com or on the website, up in the top right corner, under the About tab, which is about Everyday Driver and Todd and I. And, and other things, Chance yes. And Edgar and yep. everybody. You'll find the contact button. And then while you're there, there's a YouTube tab. It's the second one over from the yep. left. Yep. And you can find the Test Drive channel, which is gaining subscribership, which I'm thrilled to see because we've got cool. a lot of stuff coming that hopefully you can use in your driving homework. Mm-hmm. And I love that the catalog is building there. So please subscribe to the Test Drive channel. It's the new Test Drive Videos channel. So that is our second YouTube channel on there. And that's where all these press cars that we're getting, stuff the manufacturers want to sell. And mm-hmm. we love driving them just because it enables us to talk about those cars to you yep. on the podcast when you're thinking about buying large expeditions, suburbans, minivans, sports cars, fun cars, whatever that is. It helps us help you shop. Take a guess at the one thing we can't get enough of, car stuff. That's right. That's why we love Haggerty Drivers Club. Starting at $45 a year, you'll get six issues of the award-winning Haggerty Drivers Club magazine, which is chock full of interesting reads and beautiful photos. You'll also get access to members-only live stream on topics that range from car values to automotive history, DIY tutorials, and a whole lot more. Plus, membership comes with tons of automotive discounts from big brands, including Deal of the Week, which is always an exclusive deal that only lasts a couple of days. If you love cars, and we know you do, this club is for you. Learn more at Haggerty.com slash Everyday Driver. In the questions, Cutler Colin 99 wrote in on Instagram and said, uh, is there a reason why we don't review any Mitsubishi SUVs? <clears throat> what is that reason? We, uh, we've had a few. What is that reason? We've had a few. We've talked about them on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not good. That, that's, that's, that's really, that's, <laughs> Did I, you hear I, that? That's, that's really the takeaway here. They're not good. We, we, yeah. ha- we even had their, uh, their Outlander, every box checked, upper end uh, PHEV. $43,000, if I recall. And honestly, here was the thing about it. We both had this comment. We talked about it on the podcast for a while. There was nothing fundamentally wrong with it. I feel like I, we could both see on the whiteboard, like the imaginary whiteboard on the wall, like every box that was supposed to be checked that was supposed to accomplish. It had done all of them, and yet there were better ones out there that checked every box. That was the problem. Yeah, now, yeah. I know that people have written to us. There are Mitsubishis out there that are being bought new because Mitsubishi is giving great discounts. And Yeah, okay. but to be a really great discount, they need to pay me to drive it. Well, the, the problem is it was just it was just disappointing when you compared everything it was in the market segment. And that's why we haven't done a whole lot of coverage on them. Plus, they don't sell that well to begin with, so that we don't get a lot of them anyway. But we have had two in the last probably year, and both of them we didn't like very much. Mm-hmm. Bob Savanich says, In Britain, there seems to be an increased interest in Ford Transit vans that are factory-enhanced to be near-luxurious. Saw it on a, a Motor Trend show. Have we heard anything about a van resurgence here in the USA? Not particularly and not outside of the minivan buyers. And that segment is pretty tight. It's pretty cutthroat just mm. because it, it comes down to functionality. And price is such a factor when buying new minivans. Even now, the, the used market for minivans is really just – it's it's slicing it thinly. I just don't think that vans are going to – be coming back. I mean, you think from a business perspective and those Becker vans, those Becker Automotive Group, those are 
know, the top end Learjet kind of vans. Van. Remember the Good Times van? Good Times van. <laughs> My wife's parents had a Good Times van growing what? up. Yeah. What? They put a mattress in the back oh. so one parent could sleep while the uh, other one was driving and sure. she'd sit back there and watch the TV. Good Times Good van. Good Times. Yeah. I'm, I see the SUV thing continuing to proliferate yeah. and morph and turn into other weird things we never thought we would want or need to buy. Instagram Phil PR says design question when he sees platform sharing why is it that they always have the same a pillar you can identify what platform was used or they look similar because of the a pillar what is going on is this just laziness it is not it is because the front quarter of a car from the a pillar forward is the part that's with the firewall that gets crash tested mm-hmm. if you would like Expensive to make to do that. a car off of that chassis and you change the a pillar and the firewall forward the crash tested part guess what you have to do the crash testing again so yep. and that is yep. wildly expensive i'll give you i'll give you a crazy example the early zondas i believe were this case but i know the early koenigseggs were in this situation they weren't sold in the us because they didn't want to crash enough of them to pass the regulations to get them in the us and the lotus elise was yeah. here on an exception by the way, which make I think about where my ankles are in that car and how I am the crumple zone when I'm beside an 18-wheeler in that car. Because you are the airbag. I am. I'm certainly the crumple zone. Yeah, I am involved. So the, the point here is if you're going to take a chassis, the um, what's the one that I can't think of the name of the one that was built from the Mustang chassis? Panos. Panos. Danny Panos. Those cars were built for the Mustang chassis, and you can see the Mustang A-pillar and windshield look in that design, and they had to design something that was built off of the Mustang chassis. Otherwise, they had to re-crash test it. So when there is platform sharing here, that stuff's not changing. Continuing with the platform sharing discussion, question from Open Mike Knight on Instagram asking, he says, most folks talk about specific platforms and which car companies use ones for dedicated cars versus sharing them throughout the models. Is there a site that consolidates all this information? Mm. How do people know which platforms are shared and where they're manufactured besides the marketing briefings? It might not even be in the marketing briefings. Yeah, you have to yeah. dig many times. My question to you is, what good would that do? I don't know of any Fair. particular sites that say, all right, here's the new car. It's built on this. Wikipedia does some good stuff, but it's you know obviously contributed by the people that know and have gone up to look up that information and kind of aggregate it in one place. Certainly, that's what it's for. But as far as all the new stuff, here's what platform is doing this. Does it affect your buying decision? Mm, or does it ultimately matter how well the car drives? Mm. Do, do you like driving it or not, regardless of the platform? Okay, one platform for all. Okay, great. What differentiates it for you? What are the things that matter? Is it the platform itself? Mm, or is it the chassis tuning itself and the suspension, the way it handles, the way it drives, the wheelbase, the engine, the transverse power layout, whatever that is? Yeah, yeah. What matters to you? Because if, you, if there were, who's making money off that website? That's a lot of work to aggregate <laughs> all of that and be accurate. Yeah. And then what? I'll save you some time. All the Volkswagen product, one chassis. Anyway, <laughs> the end. I'm overstating. Alex HCO9 says, any thoughts on the 356 Speedster kit cars? He said, why is it the 356s are now going for unobtainium money? They are, aren't they? They're going yeah. for quarter million dollars. I've seen them as high as like 450 what? Yes. For a replica. No, no, no. For the real ones. Oh, and that's oh, why he's saying, so oh, what do we think of, kit cars, what do we though? think of the kit cars? Oh, because oh, yeah, the, the real, real ones are, are going for yeah, yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, funny you bring this up. I'm not going to share any more than this right here. We actually have one in season eight. 
So we will be able to share directly. I'm very excited about that. Nage33 says, a friend of mine is using a broker to help negotiate the cost of a leased mm, car. Mm, okay. I hadn't heard of this before. I didn't know it until now. Can we discuss it? Does it really save you money? To be honest, mm, I don't know how much money it saves you. Maybe a little bit, but ultimately, you're paying to not own the car. If you have that as a business write-off and you can, wonderful. Mm. But that upfront payment is always the sticking point with me. You read the fine print, which you yep. need to on a lease, and it says sometimes $5,000 down. And then you get to pay to not own the car. You yeah. get to give us money, and it's still not yours. Okay, that means I need to write this off. That's an expense, and mm-hmm. I need to put the mileage on to, you know, that's the only real reason it works. I think it's a a way of making money that doesn't do the consumer any good. I, I don't see leasing as a boon other than getting you into yeah. a more expensive car that you couldn't otherwise afford. But the broker thing that he's asking about as well, the other thing I see with the broker thing, and you can get brokers that will buy a car for you versus just lease. They'll negotiate that. I think the main reason those are successful is because you are a person that is either too busy or really, really doesn't want to be involved in the process of fighting with the dealer. You want somebody sure. to be like, I'm going to go in there on your behalf this is the reason people hire lawyers to go in there on your behalf and fight for you to get you the best deal. And you went to work today. You didn't have to go to the dealer. You didn't bother with any of that. This is the benefit of brokers in that regard. I don't think you save any money because you now paid that person to negotiate for you, but you saved yourself hassle and maybe frustration and stress. Exactly. You still, you're paying for it one way or the other. Bobby asks on Facebook, (laughs) this is an internet question right here. This is the internet at large. Is the RX-8 really as bad as the internet makes it out to be? (laughs) Uh, Bobby, if if the internet were right, none of us would leave our houses. And we'd still be terrified because everything (laughs) is going to kill us all. I mean, let's be honest. It's just terrible. This is the reason. I'm going to say it. I haven't said it in a while. This is the reason that there are two groups that I don't think should have access to the internet. I'm going there again. I'm going there again. Uh, two, so two, groups, funny. two groups should not have access to the internet. Pregnant women and retired bored men. The reason being, now you can be reti- a retired man and you have stuff going on in life sure. and you can have access to the sure. internet. But the reason being, a bored, retired old man and a pregnant woman are only on the internet to confirm their worst fears. I wish I could say you're wrong. It's just, I... Also, my, don't self-diagnose on WebMD. Terrible, terrifying. Don't terrifying. do it. They should take your phone in the waiting room. They should take your phone. <laughs> should. When you're sitting in the waiting room, doctor's office would be like, okay, we've taken some x-rays, and I'm also taking your phone. And when I come back, we'll actually have a conversation with what's going on so you don't look it up on WebMD while I'm gone. See, I've done this a yeah. lot with my sister. She's an RN, and I'll call her in desperation. She'll she'll say, really? You, really? This is why you called? <laughs> Back to the RX-8, uh, it is, according to the internet, they are all terrible and they're going to blow up. And that is because many of them have. The RX-8 requires, because of its rotary motor, it requires an involved owner. And there are procedures, and you need to be careful about revving it the appropriate number of times and making sure you feed it oil, and you have to, like, baby the engine. And I'm not saying don't drive it hard because they like to be driven hard, but you have to do certain things to keep the engine properly maintained. And it might still go wrong. But for every one, <laughs> but seriously, for every one that has one at a hundred thousand miles, that says I replaced my engine twice. There is always a guy that says I'm on my first engine. What's wrong with you? Right, so there are right. both. The problem is those engines have a tendency to go bad. 
They are honestly Mazda's ongoing science project, but they are cool to drive. And dynamics-wise, they're awesome. Get yourself an RX-8 R3. It was the late model performance version. They were phenomenal. Watch our old S2000 FRS RX-8 piece because that R3, in spite of needing care and feeding, was superb. And they're cheap now. Oh, very. Which is great. Damia on Instagram says, when you're swapping keys with someone for a fun drive, how much seat customization is too much? Do you go full bolster adjustments and fine tweaks, or do you do the minimum to fit safely? Maybe a good thing to investigate first is, does their car have memory seats? And have they already programmed Mm. their seating position? Mm -hmm. If they haven't, go ahead and do that before I change it. Yeah. And then go wild. Absolutely. (laughs) But the reason I think you should actually go for the fine tweaks as you put them is because the more comfortable and in charge of driving the car you are, mm, the safer mm. you are. Yeah. If you are uncomfortable and something's just not quite right, and while well, I didn't want to adjust their mirror and I actually didn't see that person back there, that's a problem. Yeah. And when we get in cars, I, I instruct everybody, get your mirror set, get comfortable in the driving position, and really, really so you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. So it's yeah, natural. Yeah. That's before we even turn the key yeah. or push the button. <laughs> as the case may but be. But you know what I mean. But yes, because that does come down to your your driving attentiveness if you're not thinking about all that stuff and it's natural. And by the way, with rearview mirrors, everybody tries to point them toward the rear of the car, which you is mean the side mirror. The side mirror, sorry, yeah. yes, which is antithetical. You already have the middle rearview mirror looking at the back. <laughs> it's doing that job. Yeah. I get in cars and the mirror's forced to point toward the back of the car. I'm like, yeah. no, yeah. point it out to the side where yeah. the blind spot is. That's why it's on the outside side of the car. Yeah. Mark on Facebook asks a question about drones. He just got a DJI Mavic Mini. They're cool, aren't they? They're the really little ones, but man, they're they're good. He just got one that he shoots some cars with it. He's curious about any tips. Mark, you're going to have to find your own style a little bit, but what I find for me personally is I find very consistent, smooth movement. You almost always end up in post with a shot you like more than trying to do something really fast and frenetic. Mm-hmm. Because fast and frenetic, you're probably going to, Screw it up a few times, and you may, if you're not doing a good job, actually run it into something. But also, you just wind up with something that's really hard to time properly. But if you if you follow along with a nice, consistent move, you can wind up with being surprised by how the world goes by. The other thing that's interesting about a drone is the one you have is not going to go as fast as most cars. So don't make it. Don't try to make it. i got to get as fast as it. Don't worry about it. Do things where the drone is seeing other parts of the world, a tree, a house, a something that gives the perception of speed for the drone is accomplished by something other than the car mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. cars in the scene. So there's the way the ridge line is moving and revealing the car shows you how fast the drone is going. And by transference, it shows also how fast the car is going because you have this other object that's moving in the frame that gives you frame of reference. Right, right. All right. Two more super quick. Alec Vando asks if we've ever had rust issues on any of our cars. Do you believe it's worth the big money it takes to get rust professionally paired, or is it better to just let it go off into the sun to the salt gods? We live in Salt Lake City, Utah. Boy, (laughs) do they salt the roads. Alec, the expedition has terrible rust underneath Mm. the paint on the tailgate. It's bubbly. Yeah. And yet, uh, I I don't want to put money in to fix it. I've got to take my own medicine because I either have to find a junked expedition and, you know, steal their tailgate – or get it professionally repaired. And I want to have the car for a while. So start saving your money. And if you like the car and you want to have it long term, I would say put it away. Because, yeah, if the longer you let it go, like I am on the expedition, letting it sort of creep underneath the paint. Can you awesome. get some terrible doesn't match color for that rear tailgate, please, Paul? 
Maybe like, I could. Can you find like a champagne tailgate and put it on the back of okay. your maroon car? Well, you know what? I was, I've been thinking about wrapping it like a Ford matte gray. <laughs> and then I could just get any color tailgate and just wrap the whole thing I'm and sure you be could, good yeah. with it. Also, Matthew Emmons finds the latest redesign and refresh of Volkswagens to be really ugly. They weren't just unattractive a year or two ago. How can they make such subtle changes and suddenly mess everything up? <laughs> okay. He's asking me to fix Volkswagen. See, the design videos I've done up to this point are fixing particular cars. I've never been asked to fix a company before. <laughs> Paul, here's a lineup. Fix. I, I need some time. Yeah. A little bit on that, but I hear you. As a matter of fact, we do have both Atlas and the Atlas Sport coming at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, people are buying these, so Big these time. are going to be test drives. Thank you guys so much for your questions, even more that we can get to, but we will continue to work on that. Continue to send us questions. And remember, the questions really next time oh, yeah. are or. no cars. So next time wow. is 550. It's all questions, no cars. Those typically get nuts. We look forward to having those questions as well. Yes, much appreciated. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.